You're listening to the Coast Watch Football Podcast, where we talk all things Mariners every single Tuesday. Coming off the back of a massive three points against champion Sydney FC, the Yellow and Navy were high on confidence heading into the home game against Wellington Phoenix. But would our positive early season performances be enough to carry us to victory against the Kiwis? It's time to discuss our round six clash against the Phoenix. Hey, Mariners fans. Hope you've had a lovely week. We're here for another episode of the Coast Watch Football Podcast. Thanks so much for listening, tuning in. This is, what, the fifth episode? Sixth episode, I think? Um, we've been doing this podcast every week so far this season. And it's, a, it's an absolute joy to sit in every week, have a chat, um, and start the conversation. It's great um, seeing all the engagement that's happening on the Coast Watch Football Podcast Instagram page. After full time against Wellington Phoenix the other night, I think that the the, the, the full time score post that I put up had the most comments I'd ever ever received. So um, it's great to see the passion from the Mariners fans. Um, but we're here to talk about round six, the recent clash, just a couple days ago, Sunday afternoon it was at Central Coast Stadium, hosting the Wellington Phoenix, um, a a big game because obviously, um, as I mentioned in the intro, they're coming off a big three points, a big victory. Um, against Sydney FC and that was the focus of last week's podcast breaking down that game and what it meant uh, to to not only to beat Sydney FC the champions but to beat them away from home as well and it was it was showing the rest of the A-League what the Mariners truly were capable of this season so um, and Wellington Phoenix was struggling up until up until this week um, they hadn't had a win yet um, you know, they lost to Newcastle Jets just the previous round as well. So it, it was fair to say, based on recent form, Mariners were favourites heading into this game. But before we dive into our analysis of our Mariners game, let's do a quick little recap of the A-League's action from round six. This was actually the first time um, this season so far that we had a six-game weekend. All 12 teams playing this weekend. And it kicked off on Friday night, a one-all draw at Bankwest Stadium between the Wanderers and Newcastle Jets, a late Newcastle penalty uh, tying that one up there in Parramatta. MacArthur FC hosted Sydney FC for their first uh, game against each other, and that one ended in a 3-0 victory to Sydney FC, an early red card to Mark Milligan in that game. Western United and Melbourne victory played out a nil-all draw, while Brisbane Raw claimed a 3-1 victory over the Reds up there in Queensland. And then that left us on Sunday to host the Wellington Phoenix. We're going to talk all about that result in just a second. Um, But there was one more game on Sunday night. Melbourne City were hosting Perth Glory. Perth claiming a 3-1 victory in that game. So some mixed results maybe throughout the competition. Uh, I wouldn't maybe say too many major upsets. Um, Brisbane Raw uh, now currently sitting at the top of the A-League ladder as things stand with three wins and one loss. Uh, Mariners are certainly up there as well. But let's dive into the focus game for today's episode, our game against Wellington Phoenix. Let's first of all look at the squad that took to the field for this game. Uh, Just one change for this game and it came... Uh, in the attacking third, Alec Wall returning to the starting lineup, pushing Dan Bowman out to the wing 
This all, of course, uh, because of Josh Nisbet's ankle injury, uh, which he picked up in the uh, last round's game against Sydney FC. So disappointing, obviously, because Nisbet has been um, maybe our most informed player so far this season. His tenacity, his energy on the field um, is second to none. So missing him for this clash uh, was was a big miss. But obviously, Dan Bowman has has been impressive of late. And obviously, we know what Alu Kowal can do. So it was still a strong lineup heading into this game. Um Irenia, Marco Irenia, the striker, and Mikael Yanota uh, on the bench for the Mariners. Uh, both made an appearance in this game. Um, we'll talk about them a little bit later. Uh, obviously still, you know, very limited in the minutes that they're getting. Uh, still getting up to fitness, but we'll, we'll dive into, into maybe what we can expect from those players later on in the podcast. But also in ter- in terms of Phoenix's lineup, a fairly full strength lineup. They of course have the likes of Ulysses Devia, who was their star player last year. Tom Ahmed, who used to play in the Premier League. David Ball, um, another one of their strikers as well. And I mentioned it in in the preview for for last week's episode. We previewed this game um, a little bit just to the back end of last week's podcast, talking about the midfield battle. Uh, if if you're not familiar, Wellington Phoenix run with actually quite a similar shape to. Sydney FC, um, even a similar system to, to us um, in the way they set up. Uh, Wellington Phoenix's two midfield players, Cam Devlin, who, who's formerly of Sydney FC, and Alex Rufa, um, two very energetic, uh, hardworking midfielders. Very similar, if you want uh, to compare them, to Oli Bezanich and Stensness, um, just the way they play together. Um, and just, I mean, straight away, what I noticed from this game, very similar systems, as I mentioned, is we saw one of the midfield players would drop back, you know, for the Mariners. We see that uh, Oli Bazanich will drop into the back line to to get the play going from the back. Um, similar, Wellington Phoenix do a similar thing with Cam Devlin dropping back in between the two centre halves for, for the Phoenix. Um, so similar systems set up here for this game, but... Um, and obviously Gianni being a Kiwi coming up against uh, Alex Rufa, who I believe is a is a uh, is an all whites international as well, is always going to be a spot. They had a couple of um, interesting clashes um, where Rufa was uh, getting a little bit frustrated from the tr- with the treatment he was receiving from his his Kiwi compatriot. Um, but it was a mouth watering clash because of the systems, um, very similar formations and everything. So and especially. As I mentioned, with Wellington playing a similar f- system to Sydney FC, you'd think maybe we'd have, I guess, a bit of an advantage playing, uh, you know, beating the champions who are playing the exact same system. Um, hopefully, we'd have a similar outcome against Wellington Phoenix. But it wasn't to be a 2 1 full time score. Let's break down what happened throughout the game. It was an early goal just 15 minutes into the game, Ulysses Devia scoring that goal. And it was, it was a funny one because there was a nice sort of string of passes that, that Phoenix had and it just fell to Devere just on the edge of the box there. And, I mean, a player of his quality isn't going isn't gonna to miss when he has the opportunity to score like that. Um, it was disappointing. It was disappointing conceding that first goal. Um, but it, it, was a, it was a different sort of, uh, I guess, atmosphere around the stadium, I guess because of the positivity around the Mariners at the moment. It didn't feel like that we were going to cons- – like. I think last year when we concede a goal early on like that, you get the feeling that there's going to be no chance of us sort of uh, coming back for, for, for three points. But, you know, Mariners were in this game um, from the get-go. Uh, I mean, you'd probably argue that Wellington Phoenix probably were the slightly better team in the first half. Um, and it wasn't until the 40, 41st minute, um, just before halftime, Alu Kowal popping up with that. Had his third goal 
of the season. What a year he's having so far. Um, can't wait to see Kowal banging more goals for the Mariners this year. But we went into half time with a one all scoreline. Um, which, I mean, again, felt like a positive, uh, you know, the outlook was positive heading into the second half because we know the quality that we have and we saw it on display against Sydney FC last week, the impact that our substitutes can have. Um, so, you know, I was optimistic heading into the second half. Um, the second half was an interesting one because we made a couple changes, uh, some of them due to injuries. Dan Bowman was pulling up with a, with a hamstring issue. Hope, hopefully he's, um, he's all right heading into Wednesday night's clash against Melbourne City. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But Dan Bowman um, came off for Jaden Casella. I thought Casella looked really good, showed a lot of energy. Um, you know, we saw him start in round one against the Jets. Very pacey winger, really, really pacey. Um, had a couple of opportunities to score as well, a um, couple shots outside the box. But I think it was fair to say that Mariners dominated that second half. And Wellington, we really limited Wellington Phoenix's opportunities. By the end of the game, this is where it gets interesting, looking at the stats. Uh, Mariners registered 23 shots. The the issue is we are six of them were on target six out of twenty three, um, that's almost a quarter of the shots um, were on target. And when you look at sort of uh, if you if you look up the map the location of the shots for where the, from where they are around the field, half of them were basically outside of the box, and they were the shots that were on target. Oddly enough, and then a lot of the shots that were inside the box. Um, were were off target. It seems that the Mariners weren't really firing, and we were reduced to to shooting from outside the box. I remember Oli Bazanich late in the game had a had a I guess it was a speculative effort um, that Marinovic had to tip over the bar. Wellington Phoenix uh, just managed twelve shots throughout the game, only three of them on target. So they really took their opportunities. Two goals. Um, off three shots on target um, and possession stats were fairly even 46% for the Mariners 54% for Wellington Phoenix uh, fairly balanced and again in terms of passing pass accuracy very very even there um, it, it was a tricky one because Wellington Phoenix I think can be, can be a very hard team to break down um, again when they defend they're playing with that sort of those two blocks of four as we do um, and you know as Mariners fans of where as we've seen it's a hard system to break down and we've done that exceptionally well so far this season um, and that was the that was the storyline of the second half trying to break down that Wellington Phoenix block and it was a struggle we were struggling to find space uh, there were some crosses coming in from the likes of Jack Clisby Stefan Negro um, looking for Simon looking for Qual there were like there were there weren't any sort of real clear-cut chances throughout that second half that you'd really say we should have put away um, the ball was you know being played or and we had a couple good counterattacks Danny De Silva very high energy again great to see the commitment um, from Danny in, the, in these early games so far this season. Um, but struggling to create that clear-cut opportunity. And I think that's maybe the current problem for Mariners. While we have been performing well, uh, I think a lot of our performances have really started... Uh, the positive um, the positive aspects of our performances have, have started from the back, the likes of Mark Birigidi, our back four, you know, Ruan Tongi, Kai Rolls, Gianni Stenson, Soli Bizanic. I talked about that a lot in last week's podcast. The strength of that spine and that defensive structure is huge and, and something we haven't had at the Mariners for years. Um, and our ability to, to break on the counter-attack. I mean, I guess those two goals against Sydney FC were... With, you know, just fast counter-attack, um, you know, it's all about speed when it comes to those goals. And, you know, I don't think the Mariners quite aren't, you know, 
the the best teams in the A League are ones are the ones that can score ruthlessly. I don't think Mariners are a team just yet who can score ruth ruthlessly. And I think this is where those the imports come in. And I and I'm and I mentioned that I'll that I'd touch on them again. So Yonata and and Arena. And Arena's had a couple appearances now. He had a yeah, I think just under ten minutes um against the Wanderers, didn't play against Sydney FC and had I think it was twenty let's let's check. How many minutes did Arena have here? He came on in the seventy first minute. So he had about twenty minutes there. Um but Yonata came on later on, so he only had a just a short cameo appearance. But the, these players, Yonata and Arena, I th- th- I'm going to hope, I'm being optimistic here, but hopefully they can be the X factor to unlocking uh, the Mariners when it comes to the final third. Uh, Yonata came on um, as, as a winger on that left-hand side and he, he had a couple of decent moments. His footwork and, and his little combination plays there on that left wing um, looked promising like he didn't look slow or lethargic you know as, as I mentioned these players are still getting up to fitness but still the signs were there and Arena he's not the biggest striker but he was moving around as well he was he was linking up with the play he was dropping back at times as well um, again still no clear-cut opportunities for him but I mean with a player of his caliber you, you, you'd expect him to finish to finish the opportunities when they come to him inside the box so hopefully those players can be the ones um, to help unlock something for the Mariners. Whether that means maybe dropping the likes of Matt Simon um, out of the starting eleven, which is probably going to happen sooner or later, um, possibly starting with a strike partnership of Irenia and Alu Kowal. And whether Yonata comes in for maybe Danny De Silva. I, some people, I had, had um, a couple of people message me on Coastwatch, on the, on, uh, the Coastwatch Football Instagram saying maybe the, you know, the possibility of dropping Danny De Silva for for Yonata and playing um, playing with Josh Nisbet on the other side, and that's a formidable lineup. There's plenty of attacking threat there, but I think this game. I mean, the the thing that we can that we can learn, t- you know, twenty three shots, um, and to only have one goal um, coming out of those twenty three shots, and again, just six on target. It's it's not a good reflection. It's uh, not a good sort of a performance in front of goal you'd expect more from the Mariners and that goal should have really come in that second half but unfortunately 88th minute Josh Sotirio the former Wanderer putting in that goal and I don't want to dwell on it too much I had some people message me straight after the game saying that was a foul that was a foul um, he was pulling the shirt of Stefan Negro um, from where I was sitting, uh, which was on the Eastern grandstand. I looked like Stefan Negro totally just missed the ball and should have cleared it out and I didn't even see the foul um, I thought it was just a really big defensive error. And then I think it was the commentators who were saying that Mark Birdigidi should have come out for it as well. So, I mean, it was a tricky one. Uh, as Alan Stadich mentioned in the post-match conference, it was a bit of a, a hidden hope from Wellington Phoenix late in the game. And Soterio, I mean, credit to, credit to Soterio. Um, he's a great player, a great finisher um, and a fast player as well. Put away that chance and, and won the game for the Phoenix, their first win of the season, which took them off the foot of the ladder. Um, and one for Mariners to really think about. I think we'll learn from it. It wasn't a terrible game by any stretch. We were certainly in it. Um, you'd probably have to say for majority of the game, Mariners were creating the better chances. Um, but again, I think the narrative that we can learn from this game is finishing our chances. You know, we're, we're creating the chances, um, but just, you know, trying something different and, and 
and also keeping up that resilience that hopefully we're going to find the goal in a game like this when it is stuck um, at a stalemate. But what did you think of this game against Wellington Phoenix? Round six, um, it was an interesting one because I think there's a lot of optimism heading into it and to lose a game like this, I mean, the Mariners, we now have three wins and two losses. Um, I've only conceded three goals so far in five games, which is, which, hey, isn't bad, especially considering recent seasons. But again, I've only scored six goals so far. We, I mean, again, it isn't a bad tally by, by any stretch, but um, we certainly don't want to start a, a, a run of losses here at all early in the season, especially after how well we started the campaign so far. But let me know on Instagram. The Coast Watch Football Instagram is up there. What were your thoughts in this game? Um, love to start the conversation there and get everyone chatting. But plenty of time talking about the past. It's time to talk about the future because just tomorrow night we're back home yet again hosting Melbourne City. Certainly an interesting game. It's going to be on Wednesday night against Melbourne City, especially after their recent result. Um, Sunday, they also played Sunday just as we did, and they had a 3-1 loss at home against Perth Glory. Uh, they weren't terrible in that game, but they weren't the best either. And to to lose to a Perth Glory, I mean, especially Melbourne City, and they, of course, made the grand final last year. They're, they're still one of the top teams in the competition. I think a lot of people would consider them um, to be that. Um, they've still got, you know, star players, the likes of Baron Gay, uh, Craig Noon, Jamie McLaren, of course, banging goals up top. Um, but a disappointing result for them against Melbourne Victory. And th- they've sort of been up and down so far this season. Um, a couple wins and a couple losses here and there as well. But despite their mixed results, of course, they st- always will have the firepower um, to win games and to score goals. And I think Mariners defensively will have to be really on top of things, um, you know, even more so against Wellington Phoenix. Melbourne City are a threat moving forward. That's that's their that's their strength um, in their attack. Jamie McLaren always scores goals. That's for sure. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this game plays out formation wise. Melbourne City a little bit different to the likes of Sydney FC and and uh, and Wellington Phoenix. Melbourne City play with a bit more fluidity. Um, do play with with two traditional wingers and Jamie McLaren coming through the middle. Um, and then three midfield players playing in front of a back four. Um, and a fairly full-strength Melbourne City side at the moment. A couple injuries. Roston Griffiths was out for their clash on Sunday. Um, but nevertheless, their strength is an attack. It'll be important for the Mariners to shut that down, stay strong defensively, and hopefully get some goals on the counterattack, control the game, control possession, and pull. There's no reason why we can't pull three points out of this game. And then Sunday, next Sunday, we're at home once more. It's three home games across eight days. We're hosting Western United, and this game should be an interesting one as well because West, again, you never know what's going to happen in these games. It's still early in the season. Western United, at this current moment, have one win, two draws, one loss. Again, very up and down. They had that high-scoring 5-4 game against Perth Glory um, a couple weeks back. And... Another team that have similar to Melbourne City in terms of the fact that they have you know star players that can create things. Diamante, of course, Bessart, Barisha. Um, but Mariners fans will remember fondly that Western United um, were one of the home games that we won last year, uh, one of the rare home home victories we had last year. Um, so I think we'll be confident heading into that one that we can win that game as well. So, I mean, it'll, it'll be a great result if we can pull two wins out of those games. 
Even a draw and a win wouldn't be too bad for the Mariners and keep us towards the top of the ladder. Make sure we get out to a game. Two games happening this week. Um, It's a very exciting time to be a Mariners fan. And also don't forget to join the conversation at Coastwatch Football on Instagram. That's where we're talking all things Mariners. Um, Breaking down the game, talking about the formations. And, you know, this just all happens there. So make sure you jump on our Coastwatch Football only on Instagram. Well, thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Coast Watch Football Podcast. It's every Tuesday, available basically everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's every Tuesday, the Coast Watch Football Podcast, breaking down all the latest when it comes to the Mariners. Enjoy the games this week, Mariners fans, and we'll chat to you next Tuesday.